Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax so we can talk about what is happening up in the stars above. It is so good to be with you this morning. It's still very cold here, or at least colder than we're used to here. Uh, but I have internet, I have power, I'm warm right? So I can be here with you. It is a holiday. Uh, happy Martin Luther King's birthday to all of you. Um, I'm here with you today because my husband's company does not take this day off. And so therefore, I can be on air. <laughs> it's not that we're not into celebrating. It's that he has to work. So I don't feel bad waking him up and making him get out of bed just so I could broadcast. So it's good to have you with us this morning. Good to be here with all of you this morning. And uh, good morning to Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel and I see Nancy Ross and Jana. Hello. By the way, I hope you had a blessed birthday. I know it was the 13th, I think, so probably on Saturday. And Teddy, hello. Time 222, shine. It is good to have you with us, Julie. Good morning to you as well. Tom, hello. And I'm missing Christine Buckingham. Good morning. There you are. And Amy D. Great to have all of you with us. Now, we actually, I didn't change anything as far as what we were going to talk about today because most of what I was going to chat with you about on Friday was about the sun in gate 61 and the earth in gate 62. And they're still there. So we can talk about that. But we'll also talk a little bit more about what comes next and a realization that I had this morning. You know, sometimes you just get those aha moments. <clears throat> and I had an aha moment, quickly went to my ephemeris to make sure I was correct and discovered that it isn't only the North Node having uh, moved into the gate 51, the gate of shock in human design. But we've had Chiron sitting there for a while, right? And he is still there for the first few months of this year. And that that brings me to think about how shock or awakening, right? If we want to make it a higher frequency, we'll say it's awakening. Uh, but the shock and the awakening is meant for healing, right? Healing. Now, the younger you are, the more likely it is a trigger to a wound, perhaps, first off. But the older you are and the more that you are closer to 50 and over, having uh, already completed perhaps a Chiron return, the energy of this kind of shock might be about the people around you who are going through periods of shock and or awakening that you are there as a witness to or can actually even if they've been asking for your help that you can help people in a way that maybe you couldn't have helped yourself uh, back however many years ago before your Chiron return. So it's a really interesting time. And uh, uh, that means, you know, in a way we need to review some of that same information. But today we're going to start with where the moon is. The moon is in Pisces, uh, one of my favorite places, at least now that my life isn't as an emotional mess as it had been in the past years. Uh, Pisces being a water sign really triggers that sensitive, emotional and psychic awareness that we have. And uh, the dreamy parts of it. So it's interesting to see like I in my younger days, I was quite 
the dreamer. I would remember my dreams. They would often have a lot of symbology and psychic awareness in them. As I've gotten older, not so much. Uh, my dreams have been more like I'm somewhere else. I'm not here. I might be taking instruction from some beings that I don't remember when I come back from my dreams. Um, but last night, they were very much, I was very aware of what was going on in my dreams. And I think that is uh, a part of the moon in Pisces. So if you're someone who doesn't normally dream or doesn't remember the dreams with the moon in Pisces, there's much more sensitivity and psychic awareness available for us. And uh, that can lead us to either remember more of our dreams to see the symbology of the psychic awareness brought to us in our dreams, or to have just psychic awarenesses that are piling up that you're going, wow, my intuition is spot on, right? So very important uh, time for us when the moon is transiting through this sign. We may also feel more compassionate and more creative. This is a sign of the imagination, of creativity that is inspired from spirit or from higher parts of our minds, right? Not just the, I see something, well, it could be too, something like you see something and suddenly it sparks this creative imagination. And it's also a time for high spirituality, meaning we are more open to embracing the divine parts of ourselves, becoming more spiritual, but we can also become much more sensitive during this time, impressionable, right? We can pick up these impressions that may or may not be correct, by the way, from other people around us or from what's happening in the world at large. And that can then trigger us to be more prone to escaping the realities or the pain or the wound that we're feeling. Um, and even to the point in the most negative aspects of this can be self-deception, where we're just kidding ourselves into believing that all is well, or we're just kidding ourselves into believing that, you know, we're designed to go do something um, that we've never done before, but without any indication from our higher selves, perhaps that it's time to do that. So we have to be very careful. And that means it is a good time for us to do the inner work and the inner work through meditation, perhaps, or just through relaxation, right? Just deep breathing exercises even, or, you know, there are a lot of great apps on phones nowadays, like Insight Timer, and they have wonderful visualization exercises or meditation, even, you know, because some of you, I hear this often from a lot of people out there, I can't meditate, my mind is too busy. Um, or I, you know, they they think somehow meditation is I've got to sit in, you know, some kind of pose for an hour or more. Well, meditation is much more than that. It's not just sitting still, but it is an exercise in quieting the mind. And that can be very valuable when you have a transit like this. And as well, when you have the number of transits that are piling up on us as we move further in, into 2024. So connect with your inner wisdom, connect with your inner vision, take this time to really consider what's important for you. Don't take action. This is not a day that I'm going to tell you, oh, yes, make big decisions. Not today not with the moon in Pisces. In fact, the moon is in Pisces all the way until 8.49 p.m. West Coast time tonight. A very short void from about 8.30 until 8.49 before the moon moves into Aries. So 
we're really still in the more imagination, thinking about discovery um, part of our year, as opposed to the part that says, okay, make strong decisions about where to go, what to do next, okay? So just keep that in mind. It is not a time to make important decisions, to confront important or tricky things, or make big, long-lasting commitments. And the reason is when the moon is in Pisces, we're a little waffly, right? There's not clarity. So we have to wait. There's plenty of time to make big decisions this year. You don't have to make them today. Now, today, though, we do have the moon coming into a conjunction with Neptune. And Neptune is a planet that has holds rulership in the sign of Pisces. So we have a real affinity here between the moon, which is also taking us to our inner world, also very psychic and impressionable in a sign that's very psychic and impressionable and sensitive, and a planet that he, the moon is coming into connection with that is also holding our divine relationships and holding our higher self. So it could be a really good day for receiving, but not necessarily for doing, right, or being very activated out there in the world. Now, tomorrow or later tonight, the moon will move into the sign of Aries. And now we enter into, as we go into Tuesday, a, a time of increased energy, increased enthusiasm, spontaneity, we may feel more confident and more like we can be bold and adventurous, that we can assert ourselves into new action uh, or make uh, commitments now with our time, with our money or our resources, and also um, adventure, right? There's a, anytime we have the moon moving through a fire sign, it triggers or sparks something in us of the adventurous type right, of moving outward from our normal day-to-day and entering into something that might be new and exciting. Okay, so tomorrow's the day, right? You can do that tomorrow, but today we're still in the uh, the murkiness, if you will, a little bit of Neptune uh, a territory or Pisces territory. Now, uh, you may also experience emotional ups and downs tomorrow right? This is energy that's very passionate. It's bold, yes, but it can also be confrontational energy when the moon is in uh, Aries. So we have a very feminine planet in a sign that's very masculine. And so what we have sometimes is this um, conflict that might be coming up or this, and it could be an inner conflict as well. It doesn't have to be you fighting with your sister or your brother or whatever, uh, or the people you work with, but it can be this very high sense of I need to get something done. And that can breed some impatience, or even some impulsiveness. So we do have some things to watch out for while the moon is in Aries, but it's action oriented. It is you taking steps forward. So we have to be careful tomorrow. And let's see through, uh, I think it is Thursday. Let me check real quickly here. The moon is in Aries from Tuesday until Thursday, early, early in the morning, like midnight-ish, and that's West Coast time again, so 3 a.m.-ish. So for at least the next couple of days, we'll have this energy of this action and the time for us to be very watchful that we don't act rashly or aggressively, um, selfishly. This is a sign that's very self-centered. It is your I am presence 
but just because it's your I am doesn't mean that you can act overly selfish. Um, Self-centered, yes, but not selfish, right? Because that can suddenly cause conflicts with you and others, but also accidents, right? When we're not staying in our body and in our awareness, when the moon is moving through a, a sign that is related to Mars, and that could be Scorpio or Aries, uh, we have to be mindful that we are staying in our body and staying in our awareness, or we might have accidents or falls or mishaps, things that we didn't see coming because we were too busy being impatient or impulsive. So watch that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Good morning, Jolie. Good morning, Asa. It's good to have you back with us. Uh, Ted says, that day shakes me like 6.7 earthquake I was in. Uh, yeah, that was a, a California earthquake. Good morning, Joan Durchy. And oh, Jana is the 17th. Ah, so we didn't miss your birthday. But happy birthday to you anyway, which means it's coming on Wednesday. We won't be on air with you that day, but we wish you it as well. JLo says happy moon day. And Tom says I've been doing lots of that the past week or so. The Chiron helping thing. Yeah, yes. And you've been very helpful. Uh, Christine Buckingham, I was just about to ask you that. Another winter storm is hitting again. I know. And now we're looking. It's so weird, you guys, because you know I live around water. Well, it, the temperatures, like one night, it was nine degrees. I mean, it's rare, if ever, that in Western Washington, we get single digit temperatures. So the result of that was that the bay out here was frozen and because we had had high winds there they these weird shapes like waves where they would have splashed up against something frozen solid it was so bizarre they looked like ghostly waves right and it was all over the bay weird never seen that before i mean i've seen ice gather on the on the water but I've never seen that kind of windswept thing. It was reminded me of, say, like around the Great Lakes or something you would see in uh, northern New York or even in uh, eastern Canada, but not on the west coast of the USA. <laughs> it's just bizarre. So, hey, okay, great stuff. Uh, Nargas, good morning to you. It's great to have you with us as well. Uh, okay, so now I want to jump back in time a little bit. We've already talked somewhat about. Um, this energy that is occurring with the nodes moving through the gates of shock and awakening. And now that we are also experiencing or have been experiencing Chiron at the gate 51, it becomes much more powerful as a healing tool uh, in our lives or a healing experience, shall we say. So uh, let's just look at it this way. We don't we're not the kinds of people that really enjoy shock, right? Who really, enjoy, unless it's like winning the lottery kind of shock, right? That we like. Um, but when it's a shock of, you know, someone dying in your life or losing a, a job or losing a loved one, um, relationship upsets, those kinds of things are not the happy places that we like as humans, right? It, it, it takes us into the lower frequency expression of fear. So the, the biggest opportunity we have at this moment in time, and, you know, it's not always our personal lives that are shocked. You know, often it is the outer world uh, creating some kind of shock. You know, for example, um, 
you know, conflicts between nations or somebody of major importance passing away and the impact it has on the, the a country, perhaps, or something like that. So shock can come outside of us from incidences that are happening in the world. It can come from outside of us with the people that we are in relationship with. But sometimes it's so personal that it becomes a realization that we have in our lives of things that have been used by us as tools of fear or us being in the shadows. So while, you know, shock isn't always the most fun thing for us to experience, think about the word awakening, because that's what it is that is really occurring. And even though we may have unexpected events or challenges or opportunities, um, it is about our facing our own fears and our own limitations and moving beyond them. In human design, we like to say, feel the fear and do it anyway, right? Now, I'm not suggesting you walk to the edge of a cliff and jump, right? I mean, come on, let's be real. The kind of fear that I'm talking about are the things that hold you back from giving um, the, of yourself, your time, your talents to the world. Because I'm afraid of speaking or I'm afraid people won't like me, or I'm afraid that if I do that, um, everybody's going to abandon me. So we have a lot of, you know, fears, guilts and shames and should'ves. Here's the other thing, shoulds. If you're shoulding yourself, I have to say that very carefully, if you are shoulding yourself, then that's another indication that you're living in some kind of fear or some kind of limitation. So the shock that comes to your system may be to wake you up to where that is occurring. And the wake-up call or the breakthrough moment is upon you, right? It's upon you. And it will be there. It's there to help you align with your higher self, your higher purpose, your higher calling. And that means sometimes we may encourage uh, or we may experience places in our lives where we need courage, where we need um, resilience. We have to call upon those deeper parts of ourselves to be, uh, have faith and to, to be resilient to the changes that are occurring in us and around us. And then I think the invitation might be both with Chiron here and the moon's north node uh, to uh, jump out of your comfort zone, right? And Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus are also helping us realize where that comfort zone is and what is it that we need to do to move beyond it, right? So everything I see here is about an invitation to become your better self, to become your great self, right? So the key is to embrace the change, whatever it is that's coming up, to trust that the process is working out the way it absolutely needs to, right? And sometimes, you know, we can lose something and we can feel like, oh, no, that is not what we wanted. This can't possibly be what the universe had in mind. Uh, but because we can't see the whole picture, um, it could very well turn out that it is the best thing that ever happened in your life, right? So we have to resist being in fear, we have to resist being in judgment. We have to just be open, discover new aspects of ourselves, 
our talents, maybe new goals or gifts, things that you didn't know about yourself, and find new ways of expressing yourself in the world. That is what shock would be about. So we have the double prong here, right? The one thing the shock might do is to awaken you to something. And on the other side, with Chiron there, it would be a healing from something, okay? Or a healing. You, as the healer, helping someone else with a shock that they have had, right? Because I know at least part of us out here are over 50. So if you're not, then, you know, you're still gathering the healing energies around yourself. And it doesn't mean that if you're over 50 that you don't have wounds or you don't experience, you know, negative things. It just means they have more wisdom about how to deal with it, right? How to deal with the healing. So woohoo, right? Now, remember, if the moon or in the, excuse me, if the nodes, if the north node is in the 51, then the south node is in the 57. And the 57 is called the gate of intuition. It also sits on the spleen center. And the spleen center is a center for intuition and time and fear. It's also health, right? So with the gate 57, it is our intu intuition. Uh, it is a time, actually, of heightened intuition and sensitivity. And here's, here's how I see this happening with the south node here, is that we as human beings, when we were first walking this planet, we were very instinctual right? We didn't have access to the logical part of the brain as easily as we do now. And in fact, now we almost exclusively move through the logic sequence of our brains rather than the intuitive part of our brains. It's like we forgot that we were initially intuitive and very aware instinctually of what to do, where to go, when to do what we needed to do in our lives right? It was a very strong survival instinct, which is why intuition is part of the spleen center, the center for survival, or I also like to call it the center for thriving and flourishing, right? It could be either, either you're just in bare survival or we can be thriving, right? We want to be thriving. Don't you want to thrive, right? Not just survive. So, while we have the 57 being triggered and it's the south node of the moon, then it's a call backwards to the time when we trusted our body instincts or our intuition or our instincts, where we listened to the small voice within that said, do this, don't do that, go that direction, meet this person, right? Phone's going to ring, pick it up. So the invitation for all of us then is to use our intuition as a way to manage the shocks or the surprises, right, that are occurring all around us, not just in our personal lives. It could be you experience shock because of something someone else is experiencing. It doesn't happen to have to be, you know, you experiencing it. But with the 51 and the 57, the invitation is to use our intuition to manage the awakening process that we are going through on this planet right now. And that's for everyone. It doesn't matter if your 51 is defined or open, or if your 57 is defined or open, because we are all in that boat together, at least through May. Okay.
Chiron will be there through April. Uh, so anyway, in the next few months, then become very aware of your instincts and your intuition and give it a lot of um, ability to guide you, guide you through the minefields that might be coming up because of shocks and awakenings that are happening for all of us here on the planet. All right. Now, oh, I started to say, too, if um, like some of you out there, Teddy, Terry, uh, Asa, all three of you and probably more of you have the sun and earth at the gate 51 and the gate 57. That's the setup from your own personal chart. And I might have that backwards. It could be the 57 and the 51. So you already have planets sitting at those two gates. And if others of you have that, then this adds to the pressures, right? It adds um, another planet or two uh, to the planets that you already have sitting there. So it becomes more urgent or it becomes more in your face where you are needing to use your intuition or where it is that awakening process is happening for you in your life. All right. And for those of you not born at that same time as those three people I just mentioned, you could have other planets there. It could be your natal Mars sitting there or your design uh, Venus sitting there. If you have a planet at one of those gates, it'll be colored in in the chart. In fact, I'm going to share my screen real quickly and show everybody the chart presentation. Here we go. So right here is the gate 51. And here is the 57. So the 51 is where Chiron and the North Node are sitting. So if I highlight that for you, you can see it better there. Uh, in your own chart by birth, it could be white, right? Which would mean it's not defined at all. So suddenly it is now defined, which means it's broadcasting, right? This is a part of you that's broadcasting. If it's hanging like it is here, means that you are not playing out that shock so much as maybe receiving it from other people or your own shock would be affecting others. So keep that in mind. Every one of you now has the 57 also defined. So every one of us is being taught about using our intuition, returning back in time to the time when we paid attention to our inner voice, right? Okay. Hopefully that helps. And if you have any uh, other questions, you can certainly type them down in the uh, comment box. Um, and let's see, one last thing. Uh, let's look at Chiron. I just want to make sure I covered all the things. Now, Chiron at 51 here can also trigger a crisis that forces you to face your fears and your insecurities and to grow from them. And I think about this sometimes when people um, suddenly have um, diseases, like they get cancer or they have a brain tumor, and it becomes a shock, right? It's a shock, a healing crisis that is appearing in the um, chart or in their lives. That forces them to face their fear. And one of the strongest and most powerful fears that we have as humans is the fear of death, right? The fear that there's nothing after this, right? That it's just an empty right? We're gone. Our individuality is gone. Our, we're, we're just done. Um, so facing that fear, perhaps, because of a healing crisis or something going on that causes you to, to face that. But I want you to understand that 
shock isn't always negative. It can be also unexpected opportunities. It could be unexpected insights, right? Uh, and it is a breakthrough moment, perhaps, that helps us to heal or grow and evolve. So it can be both. Um, but it's, you know, the challenge for us to embrace and to trust our inner guidance at all times. And even when things seem chaotic and unpredictable, you have an inner voice that's telling you how to move through your life. All right, good deal. All right, let's go back to uh, what I was going to talk about on Friday. And I'm going to leave this screen up because I've got that also showing here. Uh, as right now, the sun in human design is transiting through the gate 61, uh, which is called the gate of wonder. And you'll notice it's in this head center. And the head center is a center for pressure. So the sun here, pressure or putting pressure on us, um, inviting us to explore the mysteries of, of life and the universe, right? The gate of wonder and awe. And uh, the pressure that we feel in the head is about answering questions. Like we want to know why, we want to know what, we want to know how, we want to know when, we want to know who, right? All <laughs> We're very inquisitive as humans. <laughs> and curiosity is a good thing, right? There, we have lots of different gates that engender curiosity. And there's curiosity in the gate 61, but it causes us to wonder, like, what more is there? right? Um, this can be the source of a lot of inspiration for us during this week. And by the way, we are in the gate 61 until the 17th. Okay, so we have some more time, even though, you know, we're three days into it already. Uh, we have some time to really see how this is being has been impacting um, our lives. And when the sun transits this gate, we can often feel this like strong inner urge to find answers to the big questions. Uh, the big questions that haunt us personally, like what's my life purpose or what direction should I go in for 2024? Um, but it can also be the big questions like why am I here uh, the, that are more universal types of big questions. And we can also experience moments of awe and wonder and all of that, that you know, like I expressed the, my feeling when I saw the bay and these big, you know, almost look like marshmallows when you whip up marshmallow and it cream comes to these peaks and the wonder in nature that can create such beautiful things. Um, it can trigger transcendent feelings within us. Um, seeing ourselves as part of something greater, right? That we're not just these little uh, beings all scrambling around alone, that there's something bigger going on and that we are a part of it. But on the negative side, the sun transiting through this gate can also carry the potential for doubt and confusion for us, anxiety. I had a conversation with a friend last evening, a text conversation. See, here's where I follow my intuition. And some of you have experienced this with me where out of the blue, I reach out to you. Like I get this feeling I need to talk to, in this case last night, it was my friend Vanessa. And I just texted her out of the blue, just saying, hey, how are you? Happy New Year. What's going on in your life? And it turned out she was experiencing some very tremendous anxiety. And this gave us an opportunity, an opportunity for her to express what is going on. Uh, where's the anxiety coming from? Because all of us, 
are in this world together and anxiety is a part of the picture right now. And it could be anxiety over any number of things, right? In her case, it was a, an anxiety created at work uh, with a situation that she was uh, facing. Um, the interesting thing about these kinds of um, anxieties, doubts, confusions, is once we bring words to them and we can express them, or and it might not be something that you can do alone, you might have to have a friend, uh, somebody that you work with that can help you express what it is you're feeling, it suddenly falls apart. Right? The anxiety can't stand in the light of what it is that you are afraid of once you recognize it. Once you recognize it, once you accept that, oh, yep, that's what it is. I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. Uh, then the anxiety gets released. So the 61 helps us to recognize where we are in uh, that anxiety. And then we get to balance, right? It's a balancing of the fear and the opportunity of curiosity and inquiry, asking the questions, what am I afraid of? What is the worst that can happen if this is the uh, occurrence in my life? What's the worst that can happen? And if the worst that could happen is that I could die, well, you've got to come to face the fear of death and understand that we're energy beings. We don't, we can't, we can't destroy energy. We can only transform it. So we could be transformed from the physical into the spiritual or into the spirit, right? But we can't kill the spirit. Okay. So balance, trust, accept, that is what it is that we're looking at. Um, embracing the unknown, uh, embracing the unknowable without losing our sense of direction, without losing our sense of purpose, without losing ourselves into fear and anxiety. You know, those things have marked impact on all the systems in your body, right? We don't want to go there. Now, uh, the earth at this time is transiting through uh, the gate um, uh, 62. And the gate 62 is a gate of, is that right? Hold on. 61 and 62. Yeah, just had to be sure. The gate 62 is a gate called details and it's up here on the throat center. So you know it has something to do with what we create. It has something to do with our metabolism. It has something to do for sure of communication. So what are we communicating in the gate 62? Um, this really is a, a gate that really represents our uh, ability to organize our facts, our uh, ideas, and then be able to put words to them. You know, you're going to hear me talk more about this this week, um, uh, all about words and the power of creation, the power of using our imagination to uh, bring out of the ethers and down into the world the things that we want to build or the opportunities that we want to create. And the 62 helps us with the Details. You've heard the saying, the devil's in the details. Um, so we want to organize our facts. We want information in a clear, and this is a gate of logic. So clear logic. 
right? People that normally have this gate defined have a talent for researching and, and analysis and teaching from the details. So here we get an opportunity to see the details. Now, this can also bring on perfectionism, right? There's a, the perfectionists do what? They worry that things aren't, that they've missed a detail, that things aren't perfect, right? So we have to be very aware of our tendency to worry over the small stuff. And there's a very famous saying, don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff, right? So our tendency here is to get very detailed, and that is not a bad thing. Details are important. But you also cannot use this gate of details as a way to stop you from expressing the awe and the wonder coming out of the gate 61. This gate can help us ground our ideas, help us ground our visions into reality, but you have to balance it with flexibility and openness, not get into that perfection, um, narrow vision that can happen here. The 62 needs to understand the details, but also not lose sight of the bigger picture. Right, so that's our human design week through the 17th. Now, as we get into uh, Wednesday, we are shifting later in the day into the gate 60. Um, the sun at the gate 60 is called the gate of limitation. We also have Pluto sitting here. So Pluto has been sitting at the gate 60 for a number of months. Oh, like all last year, maybe a little dip out of that gate one time. And he will dip out of that gate one time this year and then go back into it. So Pluto is really ensconced in this gate. And what does he represent? Transformation and empowerment. He takes us through the death rebirth process. He takes us through regenerating uh, whatever it is that, you know, in your chart represents uh, his placement. So where is uh, 29 degrees of Capricorn and where is zero degrees of Aquarius because that's the degree. And of course, next week we have the sun uh, transiting through the gate 60 because he is moving into the zero degrees of Aquarius. So we have some really interesting times ahead because we're asked to embrace challenges and constraints that life presents us with. In other words, we have to be more willing to limit our vision. This is tricky because we're really, you know, in the metaphysical world, we want to have big vision. But if you have a dream, or today's that day, right? MLK, I have a dream, right? And we all have a dream of something. But if we just leave it up here in the, in the level of dream without ever bringing it into creation, then it never, we never have the opportunity to express it in the physical world. And that's a problem because you're on a 3D planet, which means that those ideas and that creation needs to be expressed here in the physical world. But, you know, sometimes we're just so busy trying to escape to 5D that we don't remember that we're sitting here in 3D. And you're here for a reason. And that reason is to express your dreams and ideas, your goals, and your vision in the physical world, right? Requires action on your part. So it's a time to recognize the value of the patience that it takes to create it from a vision. 
the perseverance it takes to bring a vision or dream or goal to life, as well as the wisdom of knowing when to let go and surrender versus when to take steps or push moving forward. So the sun transiting the gate 60 helps us to cultivate a sense of gratitude and appreciation for what we have. And rather than focusing on what we think we don't have, right? It's very true that maybe that goal and dream that you want has not made itself possible in the moment yet, but don't lose sight of it. Take action toward it, right? Be inspired to seek what new step you can take, what is possible versus what do you, I just see, like what is, because what is, <laughs> is a product of what you thought was possible earlier, right? If you thought it was possible to get a great job and then you get that great job, that possibility became actual. And right now, those dreams and goals and aspirations that you have are in the possible, waiting for you to take action to make them actual, right? Or the probable. It's really kind of funny if you think about it, right? So we have to sort of limit in order to get to where we want to go. And then we, again, go back up into the bigger dream, ambition, and then we are going to have to come back and limit in order to make that next dream goal possible. It's a constant, it almost sounds like breathing in and breathing out. It's part of how we live our lives. So now at that time that, so the 17th, let's see the dates for you guys, sorry, the 18th through the 22nd, that's when we'll be uh, at this particular gate. Um, the earth will be at the gate 56. The 56 is on the throat center right up here. And it's a gate that I always think of as the storyteller gate. In fact, I think in some cases it's called the storyteller. Um, it is a gate that is designed to arouse our curiosity, to share our experiences with others, and um, to create a story. <laughs> so think about the stories that you tell about yourself. Think about the stories of your experiences, right? Um, it can also be, you know, a sense of uh, the story that we tell ourselves over and over again that keeps us tied to the past or keeps us tied down, doesn't allow us to go into the future. And yet it's a channel that triggers, or it's a gate, excuse me, that triggers our curiosity, our wanderlust, our, our sense of adventure. Um, and it wants us to share of those experiences. It's on the throat center. So we have to find a balance here. And the balance that we want to find is between the storyteller and the listener. Because sometimes we're listening to the stories and sometimes we're telling the stories, right? So we have to find that balance. And we have to find a balance between being stimulated to take action and being taking action because we're bored or restless. Um, and we also have to be open-minded and open-hearted. And there's, you know, what are we, what are we saying? Are our words empowering people or are they disempowering people, right? And it's okay to share the stories, right? I'm not saying that we can't share the stories. So here we are today, Martin Luther King Day, a very powerful story 
of bringing equality to the planet, right? Of equal rights, equal jobs, equal opportunities. He embodied that very energy and there is value in the story, in the struggle, right? It was a struggle, still is a struggle, right? So there's still something to that story. The gift in all of this is taking the story and building upon it rather than looking at where we are still stuck in the past with our ideas about equal opportunity or how, you know, we are not living equally or all of those. Instead of being in those stories, look at the progress we have made and it is okay to still look at what more is there to do, what more could we embrace. But rather than looking at it in the more negative, downtrodden sense, look at it in the more solutions-oriented sense. Yes, this is our story. This is where we came from. We came from a history of slavery. We came from a history of having people, only certain people that had all the rights, right? But that's where we have built where we are now. So we don't want to lose the story, but we don't want to lose ourselves in the story. We want to move the story forward, see where we have come to, what have we prospered through, and what work is yet left to do, and how will we get there? What are the potential ways that we could express ourselves in that way. And by the way, the 60, the, where the um, uh, sun will be as we get to the 18th, is right here in the root center. And the root center is an impulse center. It is the center that pushes us out into the world. And um, it, it, it pressures us to find a way to express our life purpose to express our connection with others and to move up the energy so that we can get to the soul center, right? So it's a very powerful place um, to have this energy and the 56 up here on the throat center. So all of that coming up as we move through the week. And I'm going to stop sharing my screen and go back to StreamYard for a second. How are we doing out here, everybody? Um, Londa, I'm spiritually investigating the Arthurian codes, the Holy Grail, Knights of the Round Table. It's about knights seeking the Holy Grail, entering the forest alone to where there's no path. When there's no path, only self remains, healing the soul. Round Table means equality, Grail symbol, internal healing, Knight symbol, feminine, femininity. I love it. That's absolutely right. And you know what I think about that too, Londa, is this whole idea. And this would take us into the gene keys, where when we look deeper, or maybe we're looking higher into each one of these energies, we see that there is this push for humanity to, to evolve into beings that are very much more equal in leadership, equal in voice. Like, you know, not everybody wants to step up and be a leader, but we are naturally um, uh, people that that gravitate toward that round table sort of, of energy where we're all sharing, right? There has to be a leader usually, somebody that is, you know, responsible for the decisions that are made for implementing the plan 
um, for making everybody else feel a part of that decision and to, you know, join in in their roles. And that over and over again is a theme that we see in human design, but also in the Gene Keys, this idea of democratic, true democratic leadership. Richard Rudd even takes it a step further and calls it synarchy. Syn, S-Y-N, where we work, if the word is the root of togetherness, together in leadership, archy, right? So it's just fascinating. And it's an interesting topic for you to be uh, exploring right now what you're what in where you are. Um, so awesome. J-Lo, now I have the complete 1762 activated. Absolutely. Right? I know you have the gate 17. So essentially, J-Lo, what that gives you access to is a way to really define your logic, perhaps, or your thinking processes, um, your opinions, right, and basing those opinions more in fact, uh, or doing more research to, to make sure that what it is that your understanding of something is, is correct, right, is correct, as far as you can tell. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. And I love you too, Patty. And Jana says, I lied. My son is in gate 60. Uh, you must have thought it was in 61, perhaps, but definitely it is in the gate 60. So you sort of resonate with this whole idea of having big ideas, but then limiting them and grounding them in, right? You're a Capricorn. Capricorns do this really well, right? They see that the imagination is only so good as the steps I can take to get me where I want to go. So dream the dream. But don't just leave it there in the dream, bring it into reality by bringing it down, right? Bringing it, constraining yourself from the big picture into the, I need to do this if I want to get there. If I were going to say I wanted to write a book and I just kept saying, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book, I want to write a book, but I never write a word on a page or I never, you know, ever start it, then it's just a pure in imagination. I would need to crystallize that by taking action. And that's what that energy will be all about. Very cool, right? All right. Now we still have a few minutes. And I also noticed that there were a couple of interesting transits occurring uh, that we wanted to talk about. And the first one, I think, is today where we have the sun in a sextile to Neptune. Now in astrology, we, you know, in human design, we're talking about the traits that are encoded in your DNA, in human DNA in general, but then also how is it yours is meant to be expressed. In astrology, we're really looking at the relationship between the planets and as above, so below. So what does the relationship, in this case, a sextile relationship between the sun and Capricorn and Neptune and Pisces bring to our awareness? You know, what is it stimulating? And a, a sextile relationship is always harmonious and it enhances the experience between these two planets, right? The sun, a luminary, not really a planet, and Neptune, a planet. And it's about creativity. It's about intuition and compassion, right? We've got Neptune with the higher spiritual uh, energies, and then we have the sun in Capricorn, a sign that's down to earth and practical. To me, it's the cross, right? The cross of matter and spirit, right? That you are. You are the cross 
of matter, physical world, physical body, physical you, and your divine self in the body, right? The cross, right? So the cross has been a symbol of a lot of different religions, um, usually as a mark of some kind of suffering, some kind of release, resurrection. But if you think about it, the real message is about you as the cross, the expression of God in the physical world. Okay, so here we have it in the sextile. So this aspect between the sun and Neptune can really uh, help us manifest our dreams and goals because we're aligning our vision uh, with the practical skills and resources and actions that we need to take in order to make it happen. Um, you may feel more inspired with this kind of, of um, uh, a relationship, more imaginative, uh, more spiritual, as well as more empathetic, more charitable towards your fellow human beings. It really triggers that real um, spirit, compassion, loving heart that we are as humans. So it is a good time while we have this transit enacted to pursue your artistic dreams or goals, musical, spiritual endeavors, or to seek guidance from mentors, astrologers, um, or teachers or healers, right? All of that very activated right now with this uh, sun sextile uh, Pisces or Neptune and Pisces. And we can also be very mindful of the synchronicities, the coincidences, the signs, the omens that are uh, confirming for us that we are on the right path. I had a great conversation with someone about this on Friday, and it was amazing some of the insights that I've since received from her about what we talked about. It's just amazing to us when these things begin to happen, when we open ourselves for the uh, synchronicities to be the guideposts along the way. All right. And then on Wednesday, Mercury and Capricorn, right? Mercury following the sun at this point, they're still fairly close together, but Mercury and Capricorn in the sextile to Saturn in Pisces. So Mercury and Capricorn, our thoughts are more aligned, they're more deliberate, they're more stepwise in how they are transmitted. And Saturn in Pisces, Saturn is about discipline. It's about doing your due diligence, building a foundation, but it's also about creativity as he is moving through the sign of creativity, through the sign of imagination, through the sign of spirit. So that aspect between Mercury and Saturn will help us to express our ideas clearly and confidently, especially in uh, our professions, right? Capricorn, uh, Mercury is ruling our profession or what we do in the world or how we share of our gifts and our talents. And we can also benefit during this time by looking at what new skills do I need to get where I want to go? That's a good one right? What more knowledge do I need? Now, I don't want you diving into knowledge as a way to keep you from doing anything. You have to do, which means you have to take action. But sometimes the action that's required first is the information gathering, the researching, the gathering of the resources or the materials that you're going to need in order to do, right? Um, so we can benefit from all of that at this point in time. But Saturn also gives us this intuitive outlook in Pisces and encourages us in no small terms to let down our 
guide our guards of fears, our shadows, right? The, the things that we're using to hold us in separation from others or in separation from our dream, from our goals, we have to let it down. And Mercury here in a sextile to Saturn helping us with that. Balancing our dreams and our goals with practicality and responsibility, right? It's all perfect. It's all perfect. So we have a really good week on tap. Uh, I just want to say to everybody, I've decided for this year, uh, once a month, and now it looks like it's going to be the third Thursday of the month, I am going to present a series of free webinars. And they're free in that anybody can join in. And whether you know a lot or whether you know very little, uh, I will try to keep them so that it can be understood by the mainstream people. This week, Thursday, we are doing a, I'm doing a webinar on the Human Design New Year. As I think most of you are aware, the Human Design New Year is not on January 1st. It begins January 22nd when the sun moves into the gate of imagination and fantasy. It's an invitation, right? An open invitation to dream and then to take action on what that dream, what would you have to do in order to bring said dream into reality? And so you can join me free on Thursday at 12 noon Pacific. That's 3 p.m. East Coast time, 8 p.m. I believe it is in Europe in the uh, universal time zone. And to get that link, you have to register because there's no other way. Zoom won't let me just let any old person in. You have to register. And I will also be recording the session. So if you do not have the time to be there live on Thursday, you will get the link for um, the broadcast, okay? So I will post, I've already posted it on my Facebook page, Living Astrology. I will post it on this video in the description of the video for you all. And each one of you are invited to join me for that. Quite a few people have already signed up. Um, so I'm excited to be able to share the wisdom of what we can achieve in 2024 when we're manifesting our dreams. It'll be fun. It's going to be fun. Probably about 90 minutes. And I will also have slides and so forth that, as most of you who've attended any of my webinars know, you get the video, you get the audio only, just in case you want to walk around town listening to me. And you also get the slides so that you can see in more crystallized vision uh, what it is that we're talking about. So feel free to join me on Thursday for that. On Friday, I do believe that is our third Friday of the month, Pia and Colin will be joining us from the Pleiadian Earth Astrology. I can't wait to see them um, so we can talk about what's up from the Pleiadian point of view in 2024. All right. That is it for me. Oh, nope, it's not it for me. I want to draw a card or two. So let me grab my decks over here. Um, hmm. oh, let's draw a Pleiadian card. And who's this one? Oh, an angel guide. So the Pleiadian deck, of course, is the one by Pia. And it is the wisdom, like Pleiadian wisdom oracle cards. And I picked up the angel guide by Kyle Gray. All right, so let's pull an angel card first. 
to get us through the week, see what our angels have to say about the energies for this week. Ooh. And ease and grace is the card. It's a beautiful card. Ease and grace. So let's see what that means. We could guess, right? So the message is, this is a time to learn and adapt. You are being guided to slow down, take your time, take in the current moment, and allow space for events to occur. You often put too much pressure and expectation on yourself, and this is not required. Also, with constant effort and rush, you'll find yourself becoming overwhelmed and tired. When you are too forceful, you use up too much energy, and that may hinder your progress at this time. If you are in a difficult situation at work or with other people, don't feel you have to prove your skills, talents, or worth. Just step back and breathe, and through grace, you will be seen, understood, and recognized for who you truly are. You are being guided to flow like water. Don't feel the need to rush or force your way ahead. A gentle approach will be much more rewarding. Have patience and move with subtlety and grace. Your angel guide is encouraging you to see life as a dance. One step at a time, you will make your way through this incredible journey, learning more and growing along the way. How can you move with more elegance? How can you slow down? How can you bring more grace and poise to your current situation? This is a time to soften, breathe, and move in a way that is steady but flowing. This information may come as a surprise or even a challenge to you, but your angels know it will be beneficial for what is coming your way next. Ease and grace. Ease and grace. Just like water flowing. All right. Go with the flow or flow with the go. I like that. Okay. And then let's get the Pleiadians out here. And... Oh, these cards are just big enough so that they don't, they, it's awkward in my hands, but I love them nonetheless. And we get relationship being different. Being different is neither good nor bad. It is just different, right? Pretty card. It's a number eight. So the number eight, re remember what I was talking about the cross, right? And us being the cross of in the physical, the divine embodiment of um, spirit. Well, the number eight also represents that, right? The infinity symbol up and down represents the human and divine intersection or the divine human intersection. And when we put it on the side, the eight becomes the infinity symbol, which is our heart to heart connection, right? The connection from heart, my heart to yours. So I love that number eight. Uh, for all that it can show us. And this is the eight in relationships. Okay, so here we go. Uh, you may feel that you are different from others around you. That's not a bad thing. Different does not mean wrong. You are not truly separate from others because of your differences, even if they hold opposite viewpoints. It takes many viewpoints to realize a greater perspective in most situations. Your differences reflect your gifts and talents, which are needed for creating a more whole and integrated humanity. If others do not understand you, simply accept that your views are different from theirs without judging them or feeling judged yourself. Compassion for different viewpoints supports a healthier connection. Whether you feel different or not, you are always connected to others. There is no separation in true unconditional love 
forever. So universal energy eight is connection and abundance. And it says greater connection is always achieved through honoring others' perspectives, connecting you more deeply to your human family. Great card to leave us with for the week. All righty. So for most of you, I will see you on Thursday in the webinar. And I will see the rest of you on Friday here uh, for the broadcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a great week. Much love to all of you. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.